Hello everyone, this is Stacey Bressler from Archer Energy Solutions here with another episode of Direct Connect. We are going to talk about something really cool today about cyber warfare and how it relates to the energy sector. I have Steve Parker here with me again. He has always got some great insight to share with us and uh, uh, we're going to get right to it. Interesting times we live in right now, you know, with uh, everything going on with Ukraine and uh, um you know, conversations that we've had over the many, 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 many decades, it seems like. Now, maybe that's one too many minis. Uh, but it's been a quite a long time since uh, we started talking about critical infrastructure in the energy sector and how it needs to be more secure because of the big, bad, old, evil Russia. And here we are uh, talking about cyber warfare every, almost every day. Uh, you, you can't turn on the TV, you can't turn on the radio, and you can't look at anything uh, on the internet without seeing cyber warfare in Ukraine and and uh, Russia, and and they're coming to get us. And uh, But I, I think the big thing to me, Steve, is what does that even mean? What does cyber warfare mean in, in actual war? Uh, a war that the United States not, isn't even in. Are, I mean, is this real? Is this something that can happen to us? Uh, do we, I don't know. Do we know, the, do we know the answer to that question? It's, uh, in, in some respects, the whole, the whole situation with, with Ukraine uh, it's been a little anticlimactic, I think, because there was a lot of concern of, you know, uh, we've been hearing for years, Russia's going to turn off the power grid, you know, or someone's going to do this or someone's going to do that. And, and we haven't, at least in the U.S., seen any, you know, major impacts. You know, there, there have been some things globally. There's been companies being hit and there's other things going on. But at least from a, you know, a public perspective, we're just not seeing major impacts. Uh, and, and I think it's a fair question to ask. Is that because the capability is not there, or is it because uh, those with the capability have chosen not to exercise that capability? Uh, and I don't know the answer to that necessarily, but uh, it's a good question to ask. Yeah, and I think you know a lot of people study this. A lot of people talk about it. That are in uh, you know in the know more than you and I are. Um, but uh, you know, if you read some of the you know things that are out there from people that we trust and. Uh, seen, uh, um, you know, engaged in some of the closer to the reality situation, you almost get this feeling like it's, uh, eh, really isn't a, isn't going to happen. Um, and it'd be kind of almost dumb for, for Putin to attack the United States because we might claim that as an act of war. Um, I do know that, uh, that's been a conversation in, in the larger, um, you know, you know, you know, the world talking about, uh, um, you know, whether that is an act of war or not. I think in NATO space, a lot of countries say that it wouldn't be an act of war if you did a cyber attack on them because nobody's bombing or getting killed or harmed. But I think in the United States, we might consider that a, an act of war. So it'd be kind of stupid, you would think, uh, for Putin to, to attack the United States at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Given the way things have gone, you know, I don't think he's in a, in a position of strength necessarily. And, you know, on the one hand, I wonder if maybe cyber uh, is the new nuclear, where, you know, no one's going nuclear, right? I know there's fear, there's concern about that. But that's a that's a huge escalation that uh, invites a catastrophic response. Maybe we'll see something similar with, with cyber it becomes, you know, mutually assured destruction. Um, but realistically, I think from a strategic perspective, cyber cyber's still in play. Um, 
you know, obviously NATO has not gotten directly involved in the Ukraine conflict. Um, they were supporting Ukraine, sending sending weapons and probably providing intelligence and such, um, but not directly involved. And so, and likewise, Russia has not directly attacked anything outside of, uh, of Ukraine. Um, what's most notable to me is within Ukraine, you know, I was expecting that the internet would go down and other things would happen. Um, I have to assume that Russia just doesn't have that capability. Um, why would they not, if they had the ability to take out communications, why would they not do that if they had the, had the ability? So it's, it's a little bit puzzling. Um, you know, I, and I don't know, is it, is it that they can't or is that just, they chose not to, and why would they choose not to? So it's been oh, underwhelming. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, it wasn't too long ago, and maybe this is, I can't remember how many years ago, six, maybe 10 years ago, that, you know, the, the country of Georgia, um, you know, got shut down from a cyber perspective to allow the Russian tra- tanks to roll in. Um, and they were able to do that relatively easily, but that's been a while ago. In cyber world, you know, five to six years is a heck of a long time to learn from others' mistakes and and uh, have better protections in place. Uh, we've matured a lot in six years in the cyber world. Well, and of course, Ukraine had their power turned off uh, in a time of rel- relative ne- relative non-conflict, I guess I'd say. Um, you know, the, the, the conflict's been going on there since at least 2014, but um, not as much in the public eye. Uh, so what changed? You know, uh, quite possibly they're doing more manual Activities they have redundancy and they're you know they probably don't have remote access to to their cyber assets as they did back back in the past. Well, there's there's a considerable amount of things to think about you know in that regard. Uh, one of the things I kept on thinking about is you know we worry about the attack when really the recovery is what we need to be best at um, because you don't you can't anticipate exactly where things are going to happen. You know there's there's always going to be zero days. There's going to be things that are you know a state sponsored attacking group of cyber attackers are going to have in their in their belt of tools that you don't know about and you can't predict what that's going to be uh, matter of fact they could have bots in our systems right now and we don't know that but um, the recovery element is the most important how do you recover how do you get back on your feet as fast as possible and um, i think we've got pretty good at that in the, in the electric sector and the energy sector i think they've always been good at recovery of the electric system um, now that we're becoming more and more connected, I wonder how fast that can happen, um, whether we have those capabilities. Uh, I know we try to test them. We have standards such as the SIP-8 standards for electric sector. There's things happening in TSA. Um, but are those good enough to, to you know, keep the lights on? I think so. And, I, I, and again, like you said, you think it's underwhelming. I think it's uh, um, not a strategic move um, to for... Putin to even attack the United States. From a United States perspective, um, I don't think we're going to see anything that's going to be unique outside of what we've seen, such as like the colonial pipeline, which are more bad actors versus state-sponsored actors, most likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. The concern that I have is that <clears throat> you can get into a false sense of complacency, thinking, oh, well, you know, here we had a an actual conflict, one of the, you know, m- the most significant armed conflict in Europe since World War II, uh, arguably, and it didn't spill over into the U.S. critical infrastructure from a cyber perspective. So, you know, it can be easy to say, oh, well, this isn't going to happen. Uh, we don't need to really be concerned about it. Why are we putting all this effort into securing our systems? 
but that you know that would be a concern. We don't want to get into that false sense of security. Um, we we want to, from a strategic perspective, we want to we want to be secure. And, and there are a lot of other threats that are not state sponsored that can still um, hit us at some point. So I, I think the efforts that we're making to secure critical infrastructure still matter, are still relevant, and uh, we need to keep on the path. Yeah, and I think you know the, the I was thinking about. 20, 30 years ago, when we started talking about cyber warfare, it was a pretty sexy thing to talk about how, you know, all these horrible things are going to happen. And no longer would we have tanks and and people on the ground shooting guns at each other. Um, We were just going to do it on the Internet and attack each other's resources. And and that would be the way that we would do it. Um, You know, in reality, um, it's it's something that can help, you know, I think you could bring down certain aspects of an of infrastructure that is that is going to uh, misdirect maybe or you know somewhat cripple a little bit uh, um, whoever is being attacked but it's not the primary focus it's not the primary strategy for for anything that's going to be in, involved in a war um, from my perspective but um, I might be wrong maybe maybe we get there maybe we are there like you said, I don't think the capabilities exist, and I don't think it exists in the United States yet either, where we have the tools or the talent and skills to go out and just bring down um, you know, a whole electric grid of another country. There may be some parts of small little countries we could, but I don't think we, can, I don't think we have that. I think we have ability to try, and maybe some luck is in play, and and maybe there's some strategic things that we've done that we can we can leverage, um, but whole out cyber warfare is probably not there yet. No, it's just it's a strategic thing, right? It's part of the overall strategy of, of warfare. Um, you can make the same case that you know air air power or naval power. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, air power in Ukraine and the contested uh, airspace, and you know, the, should we have a new fly zone or not? But the bottom line is, I, I, I think Russia discovered if you want to take over a country, you have to do it on the ground. Um, air is important, right? Navy is important. All those other things are important. Cyber is going to be a, an aspect that's important. But ultimately, you got to you got to put boots on the ground literally, and you got to get there and you got to take over. And that's where Russia was unable unable to do that. Um, oh yeah, and, it's a it's a tool to could be an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, I was thinking of what Elon Musk did for Ukraine by allowing them to have communications. That probably was a very huge help to the Ukraine um, army to be able to have, you know, full Internet access through satellite services. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that Russia would have preferred that not to not to be able to happen. Perhaps, yeah. You know, the, the information warfare aspect of it, too. There was a lot of talk about misinformation, disinformation, open source intelligence. All those have been... I've been very interesting uh, to me to, to follow that. And, and that's, I think it's an aspect of cyber. You know, we normally think about a direct attack where someone's going to turn off the power, but there are other aspects of the cyberspace, information warfare um, that are relevant as well. It's, it's kind of brought back to me a lot of the thoughts that we had when we first got into this industry, you and me, Steve, coming from you and from a banking industry, getting into this world of SCADA where there was operations and there's automation and, and uh, you know, people's lives do depend on energy and such. And I remember that being the big, you know, interest for me was, like, wow, I'm really protecting something that's super important, something that could really matter, you know. A hospital might be without power for two weeks and people could die. So, you know, doing the security around that, physical or cyber, was such an important aspect of what we were doing. And it still is. 
Um, but when you get, you know, war being happening, um, talks about us, uh, you know, provoking and poking the bear, per se, such as uh, Russia, it makes you start thinking about, uh, have we done enough? Or are we ready? Um, could we do take on an all-out attack from Russia, um, you know, in the cyberspace? Would our grid withstand that? Um, and I think a lot about that uh, almost every day. And I kind of come to the conclusion that we can. Um, at this point, I can't imagine um, anything that would be so dramatic that um, our grid would be down for weeks on end. Um, I can just see small little pockets possibly, um, things that uh, bring down you know parts of the grid um, for a, maybe a city or a part of a city for a little bit. Um, could be a worst case scenario that I come to. And even then, I think about the recovery of those has got to be relatively fast in today's world. I, I, I would think so. I have a lot of faith in, in the industry. You know, you and I, we've both been in the electric sector now for, for two decades, 20, 20 years, Stacey. It's been, it's been a while. And we've seen events happen and we've seen recovery happen. Um, you know, one of the more remarkable ones that I recall was the uh, tornado outbreak in the Tennessee Valley back, I think it was in 2011. And, you know, TVA had a significant portion of their transmission system wiped out. And they put it back together in like a week or something. It was it was remarkable how quickly they put it back together. You know, we have a lot of very dedicated people. We have dedicated engineers. And, and maybe we couldn't get back to, you know, full optimal operating condition. But getting enough of it back to, you know, maintain civilization... Yeah, I, I think we can do that. I mean, Texas is another example. You know, we, we saw that just last year. Uh, Texas had a very significant issue, and um, you know they got they got through it. I think it was an ugly period of time, but they got through it. And a cyber attack that causes outages, uh, we'll we'll see the same thing, right? We'll we'll find a way to get enough power going to enough places to keep things together. I, I have confidence that would be the case. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that it would be. Um, anything so dramatic. Um, I think the fears would exist. I think a lot of people have a lot of fear. I, I um, Just this weekend, I was talking to people that um, don't know anything about our industry other than they know there's an electric company that uh, they have to pay um, to keep their electricity on. And uh, just knowing what I do and, and being involved in that world, they they actually have a lot of fear about this. And I, I think, um, you know, it kind of, It'd be good for us to, to, to take a step back and, and think about that and help those that don't understand to, um, you know, de- decipher what they're hearing in the news. Because uh, you often hear the hyperboles come out and uh, you need to kind of, you know, bring that down to a level field where, you know, this isn't, this isn't catastrophic. Um, we can recover if something did happen. It's not the end of days um, in the cyber world and the cyber attacks. Um, you're going to have your Facebook. It's going to be there, guaranteed. <laughs> so don't worry. Uh, I yeah. think that's the message I was trying to tell everyone over the weekend is like, just take a breath. It's not that bad. I, I think the more you know about how how the grid works, you know, two things. One, you you realize how resilient it is, and you also realize what a miracle it is that it's actually working. Um, and I know those are conflicting statements, but I, I think they're both true. Uh, it, it's an amazing, you know, engineering uh, marvel. Um, but there's also there's no off button, right? You, you don't go and oh you you push the they do that in the movies, but in real life, you know you can't just push a button and turn the grid off. 
um, you've, you've got to push multiple buttons and probably at multiple different locations and different entities. So it's, it's, it's a non-trivial thing, perhaps. Um, There's no but, Bruce Willis moment. No, no, you know, I, yeah, turned grid off. Yes, no, yeah. They don't build that prompt into the. Uh, I think you'd have to. Um, no, you might have to push that many buttons if you got into the right control center and start, you know, turning off transmission lines and cascade something. But um, it's also relatively easy to bring that back. You know, we have we have we have plans to do that. Um, maybe it right. takes a few days, but you know, we we can do it. Uh, you mentioned the fear. I want to. I want to just touch on something. Um, and I want to go back a few years. Actually, um, you know, we're talking about what 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 could the nation states do? And you know, there's been a lot of talk over the years about Russia's in our grid already. Um, you know, you theorize that. You know, are we in other people's grids? What what capabilities do we have? Uh, do the nation states have? Um, I'm going to read a quote. I pulled a quote. This this was a report that came out. Uh, in 2019, actually, it was put together by the state of Connecticut, uh, and they do an annual report that comes out of their meetings with their utilities, uh, electric, water, and others within the state of Connecticut. Um, and this was extremely well written. I want to—I'm just going to read it verbatim. Um, it said, "An unresolved question demanding federal attention is the distance between reported intelligence community assessments of the extent and depth of critical infrastructure cyber penetration, and the fact that Connecticut utilities report no evidence of breaches despite serious, intense efforts to detect and deflect such penetration. So, if American public utilities, including ours in Connecticut, are as compromised as intelligence community officials assert." And if those utilities, despite arduous, serious, good-faith efforts to detect and eliminate threats, do not find evidence of penetration, they need and deserve U.S. government timely and detailed information sharing. Now, reading between the lines on that and kind of summarizing it, it's basically saying, okay, government, you say Russia's in our grid. We're looking and we haven't seen it, so put up or shut up. Um, and I, again, this is about three years ago. But I loved it when it came out because this is a time when we were hearing it in the news, right? The constant drumbeat, Russia's on our grid, Russia's on our grid. Well, if they are and the government knows it, tell us where they're at so we can get them out. Um, and so who's right there? I don't, I don't know. Is, is the government, does the government know things that they aren't, aren't sharing or can't share for some reason? Um, or is some of this a little bit overhyped? You be well, the judge. A large part of our grid is not owned by the government. It's owned by you know, private industry. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know if private industry is uh, incentized enough to uh, report anything they might know. Or, it's another side of this, or do they have the skill sets enough to be able to see anything? So there, there's an argument there, too. Um, but absolutely, that's that's a mm -hmm. good point, Steve. Uh, um, it, it's, uh, you know, put up or shut up. I think you're right. If it's such a big deal... And you seem to think that they're in our grid. Show us. Show us. Yeah, I, and I, you know, I think the concern probably supply chain. That's a big topic right now, and the concerns probably in the supply chain, right? Are there back doors in systems that we don't know about, or we do know about, we can't talk about for whatever reason? Um, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. But you know, speaking from a utility perspective. <laughs> Yeah. You know, one of my favorite uh, security professionals is Bruce Schneier. And what did he used to say? There is no security in obscurity. So if you're, if you're hiding 
something from me. You know, there's no security that I can control. You can't hide the facts that something has happened. So the government does know something. They definitely should tell us. You're absolutely right. We need to know if, mm -hmm. you know, if there um, are, you know, things inside of the Cisco and Juniper network devices that we have all over the place. Tell us. Let's rip them out and put in new ones um, or fix it. Whatever we need to do. Um, I think everybody would want to do that. It's in the best interest for everyone. But uh, don't just keep on creating new regulations and, and telling us the bad boogeyman's coming to get us. Let's, let's take care of the boogeyman if he's there. And if he's not, let's, let's just do good standard security practices. It's an interesting time. Uh, you know, there's so much uh, going on. I, you know, I knock on wood. Um, we don't have an incident um, that could be traced back to anything that, that was uh, devious from as a country as big as Russia. Um, I think, uh, you know, there are people that live in Russia. They're a haven for probably cybercrime. They're a haven for, you know, bad actors, uh, usually to make money for themselves, I think, more so than to probably bring down our grid. Um, but I definitely hope we don't see something. And uh, if we do, I, like you said, I'm so comfortable in the fact that we can recover. Very confident that we have the ability to restrain and constrain those um, potential issues that we really wouldn't feel it um, in a universal type of way. Well, I think you have to believe that, uh, to believe the alternative that a nation state could cripple us and we would not be able to recover that's kind of an unthinkable scenario so think happy think happy thoughts but uh, certainly continue to prepare for the worst no you definitely have to think happy thoughts well with that i think i'm going to close out our call here today our discussion um uh anybody listening to this if you have any comments you uh you know something that we don't know put it in the comment field always like it um share this uh if you get through the whole thing uh, and you like what we're talking about and um, you know, share it with your friends. And uh, if you have any other ideas, make sure you uh, um, share those so, to us. We can bring uh, some experts in and talk about certain things as well. So everyone have a good day and thank you for joining us here at Direct Connect. Not only is Direct Connect available to listen to, you can also watch each episode on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Archer News Network. If you're interested in who we are and what we do, head on over to our website at archerint.com. That's archerint.com. You can also follow us on our social media platforms, Archer International on Facebook, Archer Energy Solutions LLC on LinkedIn, at archer underscore intl on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and check back every other week for brand new episodes.